Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crystal Core Radio Podcast. Brian and Chris here for Work to Game, summarizing the latest live letter in which we actually get some bombshell announcements. And we're not going to tease it. That's exactly what we're going to open up the show with. If you guys don't like take anything away, there's some really good announcements in this live letter. But I think there is one key takeaway for me, and that is where we're going to start the show off with. And that is FanFest is coming back, baby, and it's coming back in person. That's right. It's kind of like, I'm just like, it's also on my birthday. So it's like uh, going to Vegas, baby. Uh, I'm going to just mainly speak here for the dates and stuff that we do have. Las Vegas, Nevada, July 28th and 29th. Uh, and then uh, London is going to be October 21st and 22nd. And then in uh, Japan's going to come coming soon in 2024. They have, and they're still working out those details, but it's back in person. And I don't know how y'all feel about this, but I am thrilled about this. I I've literally said that even if I cannot get tickets, I want to go and hang out. Like, I just want to go and be like, man, it's been so long. How long have we waited? Uh, and so that is essentially the biggest announcement. And I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways that, in a seemingly kind of like, you know, kind of casual chat while we hung out through all the scenario uh, discussion, uh, which we'll cover and talk about and make sure we hit all the high notes as well. Um, yeah, that's that's the live letter. So, Chris, uh, what, are you excited about FanFest? What, what are you, what's your takeaway there? Of course, uh, we'll be there either way. We'll tell our wives that it's for work and we won't celebrate Brian's birthday at all, but we might we might be able to have have a drink or so. Um, remember, guys, that this is a standard live letter. Standard live letters are in Japanese only. So I do want to say thank you to the Reddit community for the translation that they do. We try to include links and stuff to all that. You can always use a command when you're watching us live. Uh, exclamation point Reddit to find their Reddit portion or exclamation point translate um, to feed you over to their Discord uh, it has all sorts of other stuff too, but uh, the the reason I am always shouting out their Discord is this translation is an invaluable source of information for all of us in the community. Twenty seven million strong uh, now that uh, do not most of us probably don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Uh, so uh, very 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 exciting. So live so, letter. If you want to handle it, go ahead. No, no, go, go, go. Oh, yeah. So, uh, guys, general flow of this live letter, uh, a little bit different from kind of the bigger ones that kind of focus in on 6.3. We didn't really get 6.3 information. Um, in fact, they did kind of uh, in two parts, like where part one was both the review of 6.2, kind of the lessons they learn, takeaways, some of the things that they like. They're going to be making adjustments to. They like that the Savage ra uh, Raid was a week after the patch, but they, they also got a lot of good feedback, and so they're going to be making some adjustments things like that and then essentially they talked about uh what's to come with 6.25 and 6.28 and the data center expansion for north america and so it was it wasn't gameplay focused it wasn't like this like big revelation in fact when they pivoted right into part two which was interviewing with the scenario team we were like oh that was fast it felt fast it felt like part one ended up going by much faster on the 6.25 chris it did it did um between patches uh the the heavens word and stormblood point two and point threes we actually had three live letters between each of those 
Um, and the Heavensward one was about UI. Uh, we had a heavy UI thing, if you guys remember back that far. And in Stormblood, they actually spent a, a large portion of that live letter introducing us to what was an exploratory zone. What was Eureka? Uh, didn't have to do endless as much exploration for Boss Jazadnor, mm -hmm. because at that point we kind of had an idea of how those sort of things work. Um, and so, you know, I kind of wondered if today they were going to go a little bit more into how the relic system is going to change um, with the upcoming relic, but but that really wasn't the focus of today. Uh, knowing that because patch 6.25 is confirmed for the 18th. So I had that date spot on on the fan fest dates. I was within I was inside two weeks on all the dates, um, but I was not spot on on either NA or EU. So unfortunately, my streak has once again ended. Um, you know, you get some right, you get some wrong, but mm -hmm. we just keep adjusting the timeline. The further out the timeline gets, the harder it is to predict. Uh, so I already see in chat asking like, well, when is 6.0 now based on this new information? So I'm sure we'll be looking at that in streams to come as we now yeah. get to take all this and plug it back into the spreadsheet and speculate further. If you're not aware, Chris streams for us on uh, Twitch Monday through Friday. Uh, the links are all in the descriptions. Uh, go give that a follow uh, when you can, because yeah, the Lurk support over on Twitch is invaluable to us. So we thank you guys so much for that. And then I also stream uh, Friday nights, been doing New World, and that's actually also the same date that New World's Brimstone Sands, uh, not expansion, but people call it an expansion update, uh, is going live. So it's going to be a very busy, a very busy week and very busy day for myself. Now, when we go, go ahead, if you got something you want to no, add. So now we are going to officially start this coverage here. So we'll try to have some chapter markers down below um, in the YouTube video for you. Uh, the first thing is Yoshi wants to talk about how, how they feel about patch 6.2. He believes that in general, um, patch 6.2 beyond the HP um, snafu with mm -hmm. P8S, snafu was not his word, um, that in general it was pretty well received. But they want to kind of talk through a couple of things, such as like why the Archfiends were in this order. Um, and there's Foxclaw over there. He said he was having a tough time keeping a straight face uh, since every time he looked to the left, there was a Viera um, chipping in like with actual thoughts. And he's like, I can't take this seriously. But um, the order, he wants to keep people guessing. Uh, and so while they do like referencing other Final Fantasy games and in even in things that are kind of Final Fantasy 14, you know, exclusive content versus stuff like the Yorha, um, he does want to keep people guessing and uh, be able to take them into this he also talked about the uh the extreme fight itself and how there's been a lot of puzzle fights this this patch around um but they did want to have something that was more fast execution based more snappy um and the mechanic that they really called out was the the rings that if you touch the ring mm -hmm. you got sucked back to the middle and how your natural it takes you a second to go like wait uh, so i'm not supposed to run out of this and um so they really enjoyed that um obviously with pandemonium they were happy that they could explore la habrea's story and him, him as an Asian that we, as he likes to say, like kind of, you know, met his end you know, a while back. So that's given them a lot of opportunity to do uh, those kind of stories. And they kind of get a little bit in detail into that in the scenario piece, but they only focus in on the first four circles, uh, obviously trying to be very careful and cautious to like have any kind of uh, like, obviously uh, any kind of spoilers. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of essentially what they were focusing on. Anything from this part that you want to highlight, Chris? Because ultimately, I think it was just it was just more good information about kind of how they look at uh, receiving that feedback. 
Um, in general, across this, there was uh, some some underwritten themes here that weren't maybe explicitly so so clearly stated as like a single bullet point. But this idea that they've they've gotten more efficient with their designs and they've they've gotten better at making long term plans. And as a result, you're seeing them end up with extra time in the dev cycle from time to time. So they talked about getting to include some extra voice lines. Um, in and around the Pandemonium series with 6.2 that Yoshi didn't know um, that those were going to be able to go in because the devs were kind of able to to make time for that. And this sounded different than back when they said uh, they were going to let Rothgar wear some headpieces and they did that in overtime. Mm -hmm. This sounded much more like we were ahead of schedule and, and we made way for this. And, I, you know, much closer to when they said the trust system was able to expand because they made the tool better, not because they... Uh, have extra resources they have extra staff they said no like less experienced staff are going to be able to do more with this tool because we beefed up the tool uh, from there we need to talk about job adjustments job adjustments uh, obviously with p8 obviously a big 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 topic if, uh, if i could shout out any piece of content around it i would say frosty's mog talk with um arthur's momo and uh xena were was amazing um but there was a lot of great coverage around it uh, in general, I think Aetherite Radio got to talk with Ren, and, and so there was there was a lot of great coverage. But the Mog talk in particular, I found really enlightening on a, on a lot of viewpoints that are you know at that upper end. Um, and so they did say there would be some job adjustments. Um, there are going to be numbers for patch six point two five. Actions would be pushed out to six point three. Um, I believe I have six point three set out at like January timeframe. So uh, early January is when I'm predicting it. Um, but they also want to have a few more number adjustments in patch 6.28. Yeah, and that's uh, going to schedule for like November 1st, 2nd, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that Tuesday is. Early November in there. Um, so right up against probably when our next live letter is somewhere in that range. Um, they did increase the hitboxes so that melee could kind of have more uptime. And then obviously that skewed the balance for ranged in melee. So they want to adjust some numbers to reflect that. But keep in mind, action adjustments will not happen until patch 6.3. Um, so pretty loose on this. Nothing really firm. Didn't even really focus kind of on what jobs would be affected most. We expect 6.3 Paladin, I think, to get a rework. But um uh, well, board, yeah, be careful um, with rework. I don't want. We don't want to. Not, that not like, not. Yeah. Okay, excuse me. Thank you. Not <laughs> like summoner. We've been up a long time, guys. Um, just, just, just a little bit of a revisit. Not like a summoner. Um, total rehash. Just, just recognizing that the balance is a little further off than it's been historically, and a chance to kind of reevaluate that. PVP. Yes, this has been uh, massively successful. They, like in terms of we talked about just the heat map. Uh, we use, uh, you know, like people will go steam charts and they'll try to discount it. But it's like it does represent, you know, a, a trend within communities. And the Crystal Glide conflict has held on to players like his, like when you go look at historical playing, it's like, yes, there's there's multiple platforms. It doesn't represent the whole, but it does represent the trend. And that trend in of itself is I think this is so solid. Like you see that instead of dropping 20 or 30 percent, you know, with a, after kind of the patch is cleared, you're only seeing like a maybe a one percent drop after after the patch because people are still wanting there. And that's such a good thing. That's such a good sign. And I'm I'm so thrilled with that. And that's kind of what they're saying. Essentially, they uh, they confer crystalline conflict has been very popular. Job adjustments are also going to happen in six point two eight for PVP. Um, so we're not going to get an A or a B. <laughs> that was the, that was the weirdest patch. When's you know. the season changeover? The fact that it's 628 instead of 625 makes me wonder if that's what we're coming up on that time for 
we've got to be coming up on eventually time I for a season change, that, right? Well, yeah, there's the series in the season. Series will and, be six three. Yeah, and then season could be six two eight. Like that could be a new time to start a, a new season to go into it. Um, I don't remember how those are timed. It it is there is a map, you know, and so we could probably get more information on that for a future. Uh, video and all that Obviously stuff we tank our rankings very importantly here at work to game uh and so um but for example the paladin cover uh where people were able to uh two paladins could go protect each other in front lines and that could get a little bit broken uh they'll need to change that a little bit so yeah, island it. sanctuary yes um island sanctuary uh they've been this very is actually excited a big announcement feedback um i can't see the text okay uh, so <laughs> and and so uh there's some big stuff here, so I want to read exactly from it. Uh, first of all, they have been told by like the Japanese community to even know what slow life is because uh, they have been finding that people have optimized that. Uh, in the past, he's accused, accused other regions of the exact same thing. So uh, in general, just seeing players always take things a little beyond just being a game. <laughs> um, but he is seeing people that are logging on every couple of days to always do this. I know that uh, like Ian Svia talked about with all the world first Proggy's done, uh, Island Sanctuary was the first time he felt that he really needed to take something to being a spreadsheet. Uh, and so there, there's uh, also the feedback that players wanted to design their islands more freely and have their individual islands stand out. They knew that this feedback would be coming, but it's very difficult to implement. So this next part, word choices matter here. This is an unofficial translation from the amazing Reddit community. We are trying to allow players, trying, does not mean they will, to allow players to place garden housing items, garden housing items, not all housing items, on their island. We do not, we don't, we do not, we do apostrophe not, we do, we do not, we don't have a release schedule for this feature yet, but we are trying. I'm sure tomorrow I'll see Animal Crossing confirmed all housing items are going to work on this in 625. No. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Um, um, but this is really good news. This is really good feedback. This is exciting. Uh, and I'm, I'm hope I'm, this makes me happy for the people who have really been like itching to have that kind of flexibility and stuff. So congratulations. No, uh, we'll give you guys updates on that as soon as it comes to play. Also going into the umbrella dance emote and said, uh, this is kind of difficult because with fashion accessories, and the emotes, they share the same memory system. And ultimately what they're going to be, obviously, as they build up to the 7.0 graphical update, they're kind of going in and trying to play around with these things uh, to have the best, you know, kind of, you know, take edit. So in that regard. So all that I think is really good overall. Um, phase crown weapon. So the weapons, they've talked about how um, as they've upped the standards um, on this subject, one of the things they've had is that after introducing ultimate weapons, they started adding all these, you know, these visual effects. And mm -hmm. as they've stepped up the quality of kind of the gear, the player feedback has also stepped up. And so um, as we've raised our standards for what we expect, we've also now been asking, I guess, as a community for the option to disable visual effects if we want. It's not that simple. Uh, but he did have a meeting uh, yesterday about the graphics update for 7.0, and those will allow us to go further with the design, so we will keep improving. Please keep providing feedback, just please be nice about it. He remembers back when players were happy just to be able to dye gear, and now everybody wants to be able to dye only specific parts of gear. 
Um, and so that was kind of the closing portion of the 6.2 review and their thoughts of the patch that we just came out of. Now, of course, we are looking at 6.25 and then there will be a 6.28 this time around. Um, and so they've been talking so much about 6.3 in the team um, that, you know, it's, he might be getting mixed up. So <laughs> he's going to try to keep it all straight here. So this is Tuesday, October 18th. Remember, this is going to continue the Hildebrand Adventures. You do want to start these. If you're a story skipper, it's maybe an hour or two of your time. Go ahead and do the, the trials the first time synced. It's always fun to get a new trial, um, would be my recommendation. If you like the story, if you like Hildebrand's sense of humor, you've probably got six hours of story in ARR and probably six or so hours for everything after that. So you could be looking at that kind of 12 to 15 hour range overall. So get started. The 18th is a coming. Uh, the weapon enhancements quest will be tied to this. The Nanderville weapons um, will be tied to this. So just like Ivalice was required for Bosch's Adnor, this is required. If you look back at relics, they always require something, but this is the first time it's required something that people who like PVE content, like relics, but don't, um, this is the first time that's something that maybe those players wouldn't have already done or be excited to do anyway, because it's so different. Um, the tribal quests, the Omicrons, gathering quests, and then the variant and criterion system. Variant being the story dungeons with multiple endings, and then criterion and criterion savage being the first time we have difficult dungeons. Call them whatever you want. New World has a system for it. Guild Wars has a system for it. WoW has a system for it. This is just their take on that idea of what if a small group of players were to be challenged in a dungeon type environment. And we look forward to seeing what that looks like in the Sildeen subterrain. Yes, I'm very, very excited for that content. Uh, two screenshots that doesn't end up uh, being in the recap of the last live letter, and we can see some pretty cool spy gear. Uh, so if you are looking to role play or uh, <laughs> and more, uh, they're showing that off. Spies, since there's a spy in this family, so that seems very popular lately. Uh, that is what they're saying. Now they go into the data center expansion for North America. Uh, this is actually coming on, they say, November the 1st. Uh, this is scheduled to be implemented, and we're going to get the new logical data center Dynamis, which is great because we've got data center visits. So uh, they're going to open up four new worlds with that. There's going to be a second part to this where we'll get another four worlds. So there'll be another eight worlds that are on this logical data center. Ahalakonarsis, uh, Madun, Merith, and Seraph are all going to be there. Now, the housing lottery for these new worlds open up on saturday november the 5th and if you guys are able to grind out that that coin uh i think the the picking pickings will be pretty like open in that regards but don't kill yourself uh doing that um probably transfers to it i don't know when all i don't remember how the transfers worked last time here but uh with data center visit this is now less impactful than ever before in a way that it hurts people it's all positive and it's a lot less of the negative so this is really exciting um remember that when people transfer over with uh free companies i think it's like 30 days and then in that 30 days you need to score rank six i don't think mm -hmm. rank six is a bigger issue um and then of course you would want to carry over that like 50 million gil for that large plot of course of course of course, of course. so get started of course, of course. um farming up that gill so uh, they are working on adding new housing plots, but they can't say much about that yet as we have not finalized the schedule. Uh, emphasis on the not there. And uh, there is a possibility that the data center expansion will require that kind of 24-hour maintenance window. Um, you know, I, I think in general, those are, are fairly well received. It's a bummer always have a game offline, but I think for stuff like this, we see that that's a necessary step to give the best quality experience. Um, they're not sure yet. And that's it for kind of those announcement portions. Yeah. Um, 
Now, they talk to the scenario writing scene. Uh, they've done these before at FanFest and various panels, and we've had times with the UI team and the, and the combat teams and, and Sokin. And, um, and so this is a chance to sit down and introduce. Um, if you're not familiar with who these writers are and what they've done, they had little slides on each of them. I encourage you to actually open up this Discord and kind of go through and toggle these as well as kind of go look them up because this is not exhaustive for the impact on this game or any other game that a lot of these people have. So they talk about a little bit of their history before coming to 14 and a little bit of the kind of work that they've done on 14 um, to just kind of introduce you to who we're talking to in case this is your first time meeting them. Um, the one on the stage that... Um, Chris, the mod, was letting me know that actually, now that I'm going through story for my first time, uh, every story I have cried at, during as I re-clear story uh, to go back through has been written by the same one of these writers. And so uh, always good to get a chance to see them ask them questions. And, uh, <laughs> and one of the, the crazy stories... That, like to, just to highlight, like when he uh, left, he had a th created a theater company, uh, ended up coming over uh, into Square Enix to work and had uh, it, it not necessarily said a good memory, but had to write the 100,000 characters worth of Japanese text implemented for the launch of the Menderville Gold Saucer. That was his first task in sitting down and doing that. That was what all of game design was going to be like. Yeah. Um, he's like, I just have to. This is what I have to do. <laughs> that it was just absolutely wild we did get a, a score of an announcement uh aorcian uh a, the encyclopedia aorcia volume three is written in japanese they're working on the english translation the other or other languages translation they're going to have them printed off in japan and then shipped worldwide and that's where i was like we were talking about fan fest before the show and then i was like hey hey fan fest that like chris is like when are they going to go on sale and i was like fan fest <laughs> perhaps uh so just keep it an eye on that for sure keep um keep in mind uh when these go on sale they they sell out then they have to deal with printing and shipping and then it's a while before they go back on sale so um this is not something that you can just pick up at your convenience they are sometimes found people have found them used in local bookstores and things like that um and so just just kind of keep in mind when you're we're setting aside budgets or whatever and you're trying to decide what you want and what you don't um if you want one of these encyclopedia aorzias um that has a, that's a lot more time sensitive when it comes to the pre-orders as far as as getting one in a reasonable manner mm -hmm. and then like i know when i ordered mine this last round the shipping date came and went and it actually took several months still because printing in the book industry in general much less high quality large volume stuff um any of you who are like warhammer fans or anything just printing has been a very hard industry to recover um from 2020 so uh this they don't have a timetable on this and i would have a lot of patience with that if possible ishikawa that's the one she's the one that is responsible for all of my tears in this game um they, they list just a handful of her accomplishments but writing shadowbringers writing endwalker writing dark knight writing rogue um i think crystal tower you guys said um omega it's a lot it's a lot um, the, the ability to retain staff and develop that staff and allow them to grow is something that this game has been very, very good at. And she is now in moving slowly into more managerial positions as she's moved up the ladder. 
Um, I think that's really shine for them to be able to take this homegrown talent and grow it mm-hmm. and build on it. Um, they have, have talked about wanting to hire. So if any of you know Japanese, oh, yes. they are actively hiring. They mentioned it multiple times. During They've this. been mentioning it multiple, multiple times and continue to mention it multiple times. So you guys got to keep an eye out for that. But all in all, like um, I think that's like there were some interesting aspects to how they went about it. The technology that's been developed, allowing them, especially like in Shadowbringers, being able to step into via the roleplay feature uh, tool for the quests into the roles of kind of the Warriors of Darkness. Um, so you could experience that more intimately than through an Echo. It's and, like, I've tried <laughs> and 6.0 and beyond talking about how they've had to make plot meetings a bigger focus. Yeah. Um, they, as they talk through this process, starting with conceptualization, moving into brainstorming and all the way through, they pick the role quest as an example. Um, you know where they get inspiration and all this uh they talked about how they've had to have these different leads and and they've had to have more structure because i I think it you know Mm -hmm. if they got if they got lucky at all during the last 10 years you don't want to rely on luck you want this to go very smoothly the next time so they kind of talked through their whole workflow here Mm -hmm. um and it, it gets reviewed multiple times by these different leads by yoshi p by it just there is a lot of quality assurance scenario lead check lore checks and like multiple times through the the construction of the plot the storyboarding and then essentially the quest text and then eventually it goes out and you can kind of see like oh we're dreaming all right this is fun and now it's like you get to the serious work of actually like putting it all together to make sure that it makes uh sense and put that in the context of previous um times that they've had meetings like this and they've talked about then you have to do all the cutscene design and you have to deal with the voice acting and the fact that saying a phrase in one language that is supported in voice acting is not the same length of time as another one. So now you have to work with those and you have to try to condense the phrases or lengthen the phrases or, or change the animations so that the cutscene um, can make sense regardless of what language they're playing. And, and like as people who know from Praetorium, not all cutscenes end up running the same length as a result, but they're all supposed to have the same impact. And some cutscenes are meant to have, like they're meant to force to click through because there's actions taking. So those can't be adjusted for that. So, um, it's a lot of moving parts. So when we ask for more languages or ask for more voice acting or, you know, we get excited about lore, we wonder why some lore is maybe not as strong as other lore. Um, it's a big, intense process. And this was a neat behind the scenes chance to look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a chance to talk about Pandemonium a bit. Uh, who is La Habrea? And a chance to get to go back and revisit La Habrea with Pandemonium. Um, Yoshi P did ask kind of like, question that i would honestly expect that of like a fan q a like can you tell us what's going to happen next in pandemonium um that's a question that we the fans always ask and then yeah. we always get the same answer i know no. <laughs> uh, and so somebody will ask like hey can you tell us your favorite part of 7.0 yet and they're like yeah. no um and so we always get it's always asked and he actually asked it of them uh and they said no no i i, I want you to go on a roller coaster but i'm not going to answer that yeah. uh so it was nice to see him answer the question i think was on people's minds so that we could get our our traditional no um, so if any of you know Japanese, they said, if you, if you are fluent in Japanese, um, and you have any interest in this, just go ahead and submit your resume. Like at this point, they are, they are looking to kind of develop that talent. Um, scenario designers, marketing, game content designers, live system designers. Um, there were a couple others, uh, they all had different QR codes and stuff. So, uh, lots, lots of interest in hiring and expanding the team as this as this continues to grow, Yoshi actually mentioned at one point that like originally a lot of his resources were shared square and X wide. And at this point he was like, no, no. Like over the years he said, that's mine. Like I take them, those are mine. I need them dedicated to me. And so business unit three has kind of developed a lot of that as it's, it's had this success. Um, absolutely incredible. Yeah. The goose is asking as kind of a, 
um, I don't know why it switched it, uh, about the, uh, the, the gear and how it's going to work in Criterion Dungeons. And unfortunately, they haven't shared it if it's going to work like WoW or, you know, Mythic uh, kind of rewards, so to speak. But we will know in 10 days. So there's kind of a mystery there. And that's going to be something we'll discover together, which is kind of fun to not have all the answers going in to the patch. So we can kind of experiment play around with and see ultimately how it all comes to come together so um we'll be sure to give you guys updates on that and our thoughts on the system when we go hands on with it and as also a thank you as we wrap up uh this summary uh night drake uh gifted out like a couple of super chats here but then dropping a super sticker for 50 dollars here on over on the YouTube side of things. So thank you guys so much. Chris, did we get any uh, super awesome thanks and stuff over on the Twitch side? I, I have the, it's behind my, my screen. We have Prime being shared by Global Cooldown, which makes for 35 yes. months of support. Soro, dude, you are the man. Thank you so much for that support, dude. And uh, with that, like- We've Chris had is... a lot. We've had a lot today. It's been a long day. It's We've been, been live since 7.30 this morning. We collab this morning. Then I did my first time through the Ninja's quest line. Um, 30 to 50 and then the first time through summoner 30 to 50 um i did monk this week i did i did a lot this week full voice acted that'll go, go all go over to gaming lore kind of um and then brian took over and did some new world uh community night uh which he normally does on friday nights kind of mm -hmm. pushed that earlier in the day and we've done this and throughout that you guys have been wonderful there's been so many people hanging out so many new faces um such great conversations we've had some laughs um <laughs> we've had some serious conversations uh and we've had a lot of support that makes this uh, a, what we like to do, and B, what we're able to do. So thank you, guys. Absolutely. Thank you. And with that, I think that pretty much concludes our, our summary. Uh, that is also kind of somewhat concluding our day. Uh, it's been <laughs> it's been absolutely epic, and I appreciate y'all spending it with us. We knew this was going to be a wild one going into it. Um, but unless Chris has any other thoughts, I think I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and do our traditional out outro. Chris, do you want to say anything before we, we, we wrap? Um, no, I guess we're supposed, I, I, I say, I always say no. And then yes. Um, no, I, the, the thing that I, I want to say is that, um, Brian and I are supposed to be better about kind of shouting out that, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we are now filming live all of our posts that go live over here and, uh, here on YouTube. And then, uh, I'm filming on the Twitch side at the same time. And then my stream starts after that. I, I start before that and I carry straight through. So we've been doing those at seven 30 central Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the target. Uh, and then I stream five days a week and Brian streams Friday evenings, um over on twitch and so we've got lots of streaming content and uh come hang out it's been a blast yeah. and uh if you can even if it's uh something where you don't mind uh, dropping some lurk support our current goal that we're kind of trying to get to is if we can get back up to 200 uh concurrent viewers over on the twitch side of things it's a huge help a huge way of just saying thanks and it's just by setting your browser and saying thank you guys and uh, as that's a great way of helping the, the stream uh, continue to get discovered, helps our content get discovered over there. This content over here helps discovery all, all which way and about. So um, thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of that. But on that note, that is, this is a, a wrap for the Crystal Core uh, radio podcast and work the game uh, as a summary, as a, uh, as a great summary, short summary, beautiful, sweet summary. <laughs> I'm, I'm just on cloud nine with uh, FanFest coming back. But without further ado, guys, I hope you have a great one and take care.